You're listening to an audio sermon from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Today we're going to continue preaching about faith. And last week in the express service, we just gave sort of a faith 101, an introduction to faith, some of the fundamentals of faith. And to go over them again, we said that in order for us to walk in faith, we need a few things. The first thing is we need to be saved. The second thing is you need to be so you're born again. In other words, you need to be born of the Spirit and you receive the Holy Spirit. Then with the Word of God that the Spirit has given to us when the Bible was written, that with Jesus, with God, we can build on faith. Today we're going to talk about what do we need to do to walk in faith. Amen. So we don't say that we're going to take a step of faith. If you say that you're going to take a step of faith, it means that you're almost going into something that's unknown. Amen. So we know that because we are already born again, we've received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We've received the Holy Spirit. We have the Word of God. There's no reason for us to take a step of faith. If we already have faith in our hearts, and faith is Jesus Christ, amen? And the believing of the full work on the cross. So if you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and for my sins, there's no reason for you to show doubt. Because when you show doubt, you are saying that Jesus Christ died in vain. And we know that that is not the truth. So instead of us waking up in the morning and saying, Today I'm going to take a step of faith. No, we're going to say today I'm going to remain in faith. I'm going to walk in faith. So one thing to remember is that you are in covenant with Christ Jesus. Firstly, there was the covenant that the Lord made with Abraham, and we, did the, we are the descendants of Abraham, so we can take that covenant and live according to that. But even more important than that is when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he was resurrected and is now sitting at the right hand of God, making intercession for all our weaknesses. And the Bible talks, and we'll go through the verses now, the Bible talks of this new covenant, a better covenant, a covenant where grace and mercy and Jesus Christ himself speaks for us. He intervenes in between us and sin. So when sin is there, God stands or Jesus stands in the gap for us sitting there at the right hand of, of God, making intercession. Amen. So don't be condemned about the things that you've done in the past. The past is a place of defeat and failure, where the future with the Lord Jesus Christ is a successful one. And the Scriptures, again, will tell us today, and it will cut between bone and marrow, soul and spirit today, to teach us that which the Lord has sent us to teach today. When you're in covenant with God and you're born again, surely there must be a serious impact on your life. If you take someone like the Apostle Paul, he was a persecutor of Christians. He killed Christians. Literally, the one moment he was still killing Christians. Then on his way to Damascus, he had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Similar to the encounter that you've had when you got born again. You've got that encounter with Christ and all of a sudden your entire life your entire being starts changing. Amen? So he went from a position where he was killing Christians to a position after this encounter with God where he was teaching the Word of God to others like him. 
He was very well versed in the Bible. As we know, a lot of the Jews got trained so well in the Scriptures, but they knew the Scriptures, but they didn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So after that Damascus moment, his life changed. And that is the same change that has to happen in your life and in my life after you've been born again. So what we know is the only thing that can come between us and God is sin. So we know that the death and the resurrection has dealt with sin forever. So the only thing that can now condemn your heart is if Satan comes and he takes you to the past, back into the past, where we know it's a place of defeat and failure. So why would you want to go to the past if you acknowledge the work that was done on the cross? In other words, don't fall for the trap of looking into the past. Don't look back. Because when you look back, you see what people have done wrong to you. You see offense. You see a place where you're coming from. So we must not rejoice in the fact and in the details of what we've been saved from. We must rejoice for what we've been saved into. That is far more important than what happened in the past. You only refer to your past if it's going to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, that people can see what God has saved you into. Amen? Not from. So it's important to focus on the right things. So when you get born again, in other words, your thoughts, your actions, your speech has to change. You cannot walk in the light and darkness at the same time. So it transforms you from a place of darkness into a place of light. And we all know that light and darkness cannot live together. There's the battle of all ages between, between the flesh and the spirit. So when light enters in, darkness has to go. Amen? So when you say you've re received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that darkness that was in your life has to go. There is no longer a place for it in your life. So we're going to read from Ephesians 2, verse 8 to 9. We must remember that our salvation did not happen because of anything that we've done as people, as human beings. Amen? So the salvation comes from a certain place. So let's see what the Scripture says, where salvation comes from. So when you're think, thinking of the sermon topic, walk in faith, look at salvation, look at the Holy Spirit, look at Jesus Christ, the Word of God, and, and salvation all together. Look at all of that together with faith. So it reads, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Once again, lest anyone should boast. So looking into your past and telling people how wicked you are or were has got nothing to do with anyone. So they know and I know and you know when someone is saved, we know that it was by grace, not of works, through faith. So as long as you know that you had faith even before you got saved, so you, you never have to doubt your faith because you've always had it. There's no reason for you to say, I need more faith. Because faith is in the work of the cross. It's complete. So you can't add anything to Jesus Christ. So it's already there. We all have our part to play. The difference is now that we just need to understand what that part is that we have to play to tap into the full power, that resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so we know that we had faith before we got saved. Now the key is to walk in that faith. You come boldly, like the Word of God says, you come boldly to the throne of grace. You can walk boldly in that faith. If you know you're a king's kid, 
You're a kingdom child. Your name is written in the Lamb's book. There's no reason for you to doubt. There's no reason. Like Pastor explained here, you know, when someone is, you know, when he's confident, he's walk. He's got a specific walk, action. You know, he's got this victory walk. Whereas many times we as Christians, we fall back into this place of defeat and failure where we feel inferior, we feel insecure. We don't have that full confidence in the work on the cross. So remember that Jesus Christ didn't die in vain. So when you walk, walk as an overcomer. You're the head, you're not the tail. You're going over, you're not going under. Defeat and failure are things of the past. We're walking with the Lord. And that walking with the Lord is walking with faith. So Ecclesiastes 2 verse 11, if we can just go there. So before I'm going to read the verse, what was interesting is when, when I read the introduction to the book of Ecclesiastes, the commentary in my Bible, it's quite clear the challenge that Solomon was sitting with. So he had a frustration in his experience of things of the world. Okay, So I just want to read this commentary to you quickly because it's going to help a lot when we get to verse 11. It says, the key word in Ecclesiastes is vanity. The futile emptiness of trying to be happy apart from God. So the preacher, they say you're traditionally taken to be Solomon, the wisest, richest, most influential king in Israel's history, looks at life under the sun. And from the human perspective, he declares it all to be empty. Power, popularity, prestige, pleasure, nothing can fill the God-shaped void in man's life but himself. Amen. So if you try and fulfill things through your own power, you are bound to fail. So let's see what Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 2 verse 11. He said, Then I looked on all the works that my hands had done, and the labor in which I had toiled. And indeed, all was vanity and grasping for the wind. There was no profit under the sun. So what does this tell us? This tells us that that God given void, that God-shaped void in your life can only be filled by God. And the only way that you can fill that void with God is through faith. Faith again in the work on the cross. So Solomon had that frustration. So you must never ever doubt the plans that God has made there for you. Don't get confused between God's plan and the devil's plan. God's plan is a plan of life and life in abundance. Where the devil's plan is to steal, kill, and destroy. So when you see that something is happening and there's stealing, killing, and destruction, it cannot be from God because God is light. And those things are all from darkness. So when you fear that something in your life is not going the way that you want it to go, don't fear. Just know that God has a path planned out for you. There's no reason for you to start doubting now. What did I do wrong? Because that's the first thing. The devil takes you to your past. Now something breaks. You know what we always do? Something breaks. The dishwasher breaks or the washing machine and then something on the car breaks and immediately you start declaring, oh, accidents always happen in three. Now you, you're actually saying the next thing has to break, even if it wasn't going to break. But now these things happen in your life and then you go, oh, I wonder what I've done wrong now. Why, why are these things happening? You know, someone gets ill and you go, I wonder if I did something wrong. No, that's condemnation. The Word of God says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If there's stealing, killing, and destruction, don't get confused between the work of God and the work of Satan. Amen. And what you declare in the time of challenges and trouble is what is going to shape your faith in the future. If I say, 
I cannot overcome this issue. I'm saying that Jesus Christ died in vain. The word of God is a lie. Because then I'm saying that all the things, the promises that the Lord has set out in the Bible are actually not true. Because you're going against the word of God. You are not declaring the word of God. And if you don't declare the word of God, it's lies by default. So God's plans are not our plans. We must remember that the road that the Lord Jesus Christ wants to take is not necessarily the road of least resistance. It's not the road, the easy road. It's not necessarily the road that we as human beings would select. But when we select a road, we, on our own power, we don't know what the end is. But when Jesus selects your road, he's got an end in mind. And when he selects that road, just know whether it's good or bad. God has selected it and therefore it will end well. The word of God says, I see the end intended by the Lord. So when you see the end, your faith has to be strong enough to take you through the road that the Lord has set out for you. Good. So the grasping at the wind, vanity, useless things, our own plans, our own strength. We don't get confused between the plans of the Lord and the plans of Satan. So like we said, sin separates man from God. And we know that sin has been dealt with. So there's no reason for us to reflect back on these old sins. There's no reason for condemnation. So when that salvation comes, the light comes. And then we've got that blessing, each and every blessing in Christ Jesus. We just declared it in the HOC declaration as well. I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. And that's because of the work on the cross. And it's because I've accepted him as my Lord and Savior. I can declare that with boldness. No one can take me away from that. Not Satan with his lies. No one can take it away. Because the word of God also says nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. And that we saw when we hated him the most. He loved us. When we hated him the most and rejected him. He came into covenant with us. Amen. He died for us. That unshakable nature of the Lord Jesus Christ is what we need in our lives. That unshakable faith, that unshakable existence that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ is what we need more and more. So people think that when you have an issue, let's say it's a financial issue or you're sick, that the breakthrough, they, they pray, Lord, if I can just get this contract, if I can just get this 500 rand, if I can just be healed, all will be fine. Those are things that the natural man looks at. Those are means to an end. What we need is that lasting relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ because that is what's going to take us from strength to strength and glory to glory. Not the means, not the money. So when we look at the guy who was sitting at the gate, beautiful, and he was, he was begging, and Peter and the men went to him, and he wanted money. He thought that, that, was, that, he thought that the means to an end would help him. And they said, silver and gold have we none, but what we have we give unto you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Amen. But you'll read in that story that the person didn't just stand up. There was a man of God that had to play his part and pull him up. Amen. And it's by faith that that man was pulled up that day so that he could walk, that he could receive the promises of Jesus. We know that the Bible says, you know, that many times Jesus walked past him, but it wasn't his time. His time had to come through someone who was equipped by the Lord Jesus Christ in Peter, in obedience, to take it to the other side. So we know that it's not silver and gold. That will not do anything. What we need 
is to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, like Matthew 6.33 says. Then all the other things will be added. So don't look for the money that has to be added. First look for the kingdom of God and His righteousness. We know that our righteousness is like filthy rags before the Lord. That's what the Word says. But His righteousness working through us pleases the Lord. So that righteousness goes with obedience as well. Peter had his part to play. It's not all up to you, and it's not all up to God. Our relationship with God is a mutual relationship. Amen? You can't just say, oh, Lord, please, can you give me this? And then you just go on with your normal things. The Lord says, no, I'm a jealous God. I want you to serve me and me alone. You cannot serve anything else and then expect to get the blessings from the Lord. Although His grace and His mercy is awesome, it doesn't mean that we have now we have the liberty to use our salvation for the flesh to sin. Amen? Move away from the sin. So they pulled him up. So Peter had his part to play. So Peter knew that with his faith, there was action needed. That's what we said last week as well. You can have all the faith in the world. If you don't act upon that faith, nothing will happen. Abraham had to act when he took his son to be offered. Abraham had to act when the Lord gave them a promise of a son and of generations to come. Amen. So don't just wait for the promised land to come to you. Step into the promised land. Walk in faith. The key thing is that we need to remember is many men of God in the Bible didn't wait for things to happen. They took action. And we'll see in the scriptures just now, even when the foundations of the church had to be built, you know, before they could see the temple, people started rejoicing. So the key is that you need to rejoice before you can see the tangible product that Jesus has planned for you. Because that is faith. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Therefore, you must shout for joy and shout for victory before you even start the battle. So now we're going to read from Ezra 3, verse 10. So here is the story of whether the temple must be restored. Okay? Even before... The restoration come, like we said. The people started rejoicing. So let's read from verse 10. It says, When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals, to praise the Lord according to the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord. So they gave thanks at the time when the foundations come. You must never wait for the church to be built and then give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord while you're doing something about it. So they first believed and then they saw. And that's the key. Believe and then see. Don't see and then believe. It's easy to believe if you can see something. That's not faith. That's just fact. It's reality. So if we go to the next thing is Joshua 6 verse 16. So this is the story. You all know the story where the walls of Jericho had to come down. So there are a few key lessons here that we have to learn. So we're just going to read from verse 16. But in verse 2, there's a bit of a key that we need to see there. So the heading is the destruction of Jericho. And verse 2 says, And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. So the Lord declares something. That's even how creation started. The Holy Spirit was there. God declared something and things happened. Once again, the Lord has declared, I have given Jericho into your hand. Therefore, you should walk in faith and make 
Jericho be in your hand. You can't now wait. Amen? So you've got your part to play. So verse 16 says, And the seventh time that it happened, when the priest blew the trumpets, that Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. So we know that every day for seven days they walked around. But the first instruction from the Lord was, Keep quiet. You say nothing. You just walk. And I think oftentimes that's our biggest problem is we start talking before we start walking. So now you start talking and you look at what you see in the natural. Everyone knew that Jericho was a strong city. So now in the natural when you look at it, it's like, oh, these walls, they're tall, they're thick. They were built so strong. It's such a powerful city. And now you start declaring these things. What are you doing? You're detracting value from what God said you must do. So don't be quick to speak. Even in the marketplace, at work, when your boss gives you an instruction that you really don't like. You know, it's like the first thing you'd want to do is to start murmuring and complain and start, you know, going to your buddy next door and say, you won't believe what the boss asked me to do now. Keep quiet. Follow the instruction. The blessing will come. Amen. So then they kept quiet. And only on the seventh day, they shouted for joy. They first shouted for joy, then the walls came down. So the action from you will be before the effect will be there. So it's first the cause and then the effect. So you have to then take that action, walk in faith. You don't take a step of faith. You don't you walk in faith. So you're there already. You just have to exercise the faith that the Lord has placed in your heart before you got saved. So once you got saved, it should actually be even better. So if you feel cheated, just a quotable quote that I want to read to you is, if you feel cheated, you need to walk in faith. I just want to get the original from the notes here quickly. So if you feel that life has cheated you, just step into faith and see what will happen. We are not saved because we feel saved. We are saved because we have put our faith in God's word and acted on it. And that is the key. We know that the word of God is the truth, but action needs to take place. So if you feel cheated, walk in faith, act upon the word of God, because then you're in line with God. Don't act on your selfish needs, act on the word of God. In your life, there'll be many roadblocks. We know that roadblocks can come. A time, you know, a mere stopping interval where things want to just stop you. A roadblock is there to stop you, things happen, and you move on. Amen. So oftentimes our mouths, our big mouths get us into trouble, but also oftentimes something that is a roadblock in our lives is offense. That offense is a roadblock in your life. You can actually see offense as a positive thing. It, it might be something that you know if offense can come that you can turn away from that offense. Because offense is not given, offense is taken. You know, so if, if, if I do what the Lord says I must do and you come and bring offense to me, I don't have to take it. So I don't have to make that part of my life. Because oftentimes that offense, we place people in chambers of torture because of offense. But while you're thinking, you're putting someone in a chamber of torture when you feel offended and you, you're not acting well to them. There's so many things. You're viewing everything through your own offense. That person might not even know that he's offended you, but you're viewing everything now through that offense. And Pastor used a, a very nice example once where he said, you know, you make a mistake with your wife and you know your wife loves roses, red roses. And now you see this perfect red rose that you want to buy and you buy it and you take it to her and she goes, and, but she's now offended with you and she says, 
Look at what you've done. You only bring me one rose. You know how much I love roses. Now you bring me one rose. But the intent was just to make up, just to, you know, make things right. But when you view things through offense, you totally misinterpret what the person is coming to you for. But the key is, is that bitterness, that offense, is like you drinking the poison, waiting for the other person to die. There's no ways that you, if you're offended with someone, that you're going to change anything in his life. If he doesn't take an offense with you, he's free. But you, the one who's taking the offense, you captured. you in that pit of torture. Amen? So forget about those offenses. Those offenses are just going to keep you back. Then we're going to read Luke 6, verse 47. Now that's a parable where it talks about how you should build your church and how you should build your house and build your life. So Luke 6, from verse 47. I just want to share with you quickly what verse 46 says. But the, the topic says, build on the rock. Verse 46 says, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? So that's where the obedience comes in. So let's see what the word says. Verse 47. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So what does this tell us? This tells us that there's only one anchor. If you don't anchor your soul to the Lord Jesus Christ, then what are you actually anchoring it to? Maybe the sand. That's what the parable talks about. If you understand, verse 46, that if I say something to you and you don't obey it, nothing else will happen. We know that there's everything has a pattern in the Bible. Everything has an instruction, a but, a therefore, something that will teach us that there's something to hold on to. And that something is always the Lord Jesus Christ. Through your faith, through your salvation, through the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, these things can be one and can be an anchor in your life. So don't just hear the Word of God. You need to obey the Word of God. Every time when it talks about the blessing, it will also tell you what you have to do to obtain that blessing. So it says, when you seek these things, it says, seek first the kingdom and His righteousness, and these things will be added. There's another scripture that we're going to read now where we'll understand when we want the blessings what has to happen first. Amen? So we must obey. So don't wait for a more convenient day. It's never going to be a more convenient day for you to do certain things. I just want to sort my business out, then I'll start going to church. I just want to do this, then I'll start praising and worshiping like the Lord said to me. Don't wait for a more convenient day. Be obedient. Don't let disobedience, don't let disobedience destruct you. So obedience builds the bridge between you and your good future. It's built by obedience. So if you're going to be disobedient, don't wonder why things aren't working out the way that the Lord has planned it to work out in your life. So now we're going to read Mark 11:22, and that's where we're going to get to another instruction again. Mark 11 from verse 22. We're going to read up to verse 26. So the pretext to what we're going to read is there where the Lord cursed the fig tree. 
and the fig tree withered away. So then they looked at that and they were wondering. They were in awe. So Jesus answered, verse 22, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So here comes the second part of this. So the heading of the second part following this is forgiveness and prayer. Verse 25 says, And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. You must always read the pretext, the text, and the post-text for you to get the context. Amen? So always read, when you quote the scripture as well, We'll always quote certain things. We must make sure that you quote it in context. Even this, if you quote, now as long as I pray, the Lord says he'll give it to me. Yes, but read further. It says, if you can't forgive others, that prayer will not come true. Amen? That prayer will not come into fruition. Because you're only trying to fulfill a piece of the rule. See all of it. See the context and pray in context. So make sure when you really want something to happen in your life, that you set that offense aside. You go and ask for forgiveness. Because if you can't forgive, how do you expect Jesus Christ to forgive you? Amen. Good. So forgiveness and faith work together. And faith and love work together. So if you have faith and you don't have love, it's nothing. Amen. Faith without love is nothing. Faith without works is nothing. So love, faith, works, all these things work together. So stop talking about the past. Forget the past. Move on. Remember that offense is taken. So now I want to read another quote for you. The quote says, A bitter heart will prevent you from being available for God. Take time to reflect on who you have not released from your torture chamber. God's touch cannot touch you until you release others. It's not all up to God. Amen. A bitter heart will prevent you from being available for God. If you're not available for God, what is going to happen in your life? So bitterness, once again, get rid of bitterness, offense. That root of bitterness starts giving the fruit. You'll see, like Pastor taught us, the root of bitterness. When that defiling comes, when someone starts defiling, you know there's bitterness. You know there's offense. It often happens that sometimes some people get a lot of airtime when you're in discussions. And you'll just hear and you say, you need to sort out that issue with that person. No, I'm not offended. No, you are offended. Of course you are. Why are you giving that person your precious time by defiling all the time? Get the person out of your heart and move into the things that the Lord has planned for you. So we've got three more scriptures to go through. The next one is Ephesians 4 verse 31. So verse 31 says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So there's an instruction to forgive. So there's no reason 
why we should hold on to these offenses. There's no reason why we should let our faith be gripped by offense. So offense is not of faith, and everything that is not of faith is sin. We know that the Bible even says, even if you eat and it's not by faith, it's sin. You must walk in faith, because if you don't walk in faith, surely you're sinning. That's the word of God that says that. So make sure that you walk in faith. Romans 5 verse 1, it's a very interesting heading again. It says, faith triumphs in trouble. The Lord says we will have trouble, but he says in times of trouble, I will be with you. So there's no reason for you to get stressed out. The Lord is there with you. And we all have trouble. If, the pastor always says, if you don't have trouble right now, just hang on, it will come. So don't, don't stress about having nothing to stress about. Right, so uh, uh, Romans 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom also we have access to faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We've got access to it, okay? By faith, we've got access to grace. Therefore, you're going to make many mistakes. You're going to walk out the church. Sometimes before you even get out of the church, you've sinned. Maybe there's a brother that's offended you and you just see him and you go, I'll greet I'm just going to pretend to go into the bathroom here quickly or I'm going to you know, sort those things out. You've got access by faith to the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace is undeserved favor. So we know our Lord is a Lord of grace and mercy. And mercy is when you don't get the punishment that you deserve. So we know that His grace and His mercy is abundant in our lives. So we must just walk in that. Then the last scripture is going to be Hebrews 8 verse 6. So here again, if we read before and after the scriptures, a lot, a lot of things actually become clearer. So we know that the book of Hebrews talks a lot about faith. So if you want to read up on faith, read the whole book of Hebrews. So the heading here says, the new priestly service. So we will see now what that means. So in verse 6 it says, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry. He, with capital H. Okay, inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises. Verse 12 says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. So if you have done any lawless deeds in your past, lay them at the foot of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. Because that has been spoken for. It's been dealt with completely, legally. It is now yours to take. So make a decision whether you want to step into faith and experience all of God's blessings. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.